All right, welcome into the Idea Collision. I'm Andrew Green. I'm your host. We are going to be switching gears a little bit. We're still going to be in the topic of emotional health. Some people like the phrase mental health or spiritual health, which is really what a lot of this is. Um, but as collisions go, you know, we talk about collisions. Uh, collisions really aren't that peaceful of an event. They're kind of chaotic. Uh, and uh, so I try to avoid the more confrontational things, but sometimes these cause a little bit of discomfort. Uh, today might be one of those. Uh, in fact, the next couple of might be those type of things. I, I try to mitigate those a little bit, uh, limit that uh, to what is only necessary. Uh, but uh, we're talking about generations. And so when we talk about gener generations, uh, we generalize some things. And some people don't like to generalize it because you say, you talk about Gen Xers. I don't really identify with a lot of Gen Xers or I'm a baby boomer, but I'm not the, you know, flower power baby boomer. And there's actually a lot of, a lot of them that, that aren't. Uh, so, so we don't, I, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of bristle at generalizations. We we try to keep it general because I'm trying to hit a, a broader group of people in terms of some of the things. And as I say, you if you're not this, you know people who are. And, and so hopefully you can get things out of this either for yourself um, or for maybe helping somebody else. Um, that's the goal of this. The goal of this podcast is to try to help people figuring out some of the mentalities, the way we do things, the way we value things, and why, and how we can improve that in a spiritual sense. That's really what we want to come down to. We won't, don't want to just come down and badmouth generations. Um, but but we got to where we we're at. Uh, over the course of the next several, I'm going to focus on some of the generations, but not all of them. And and we are going to, and I know when I say this word, it's some people don't even like the word because it carries such a stigma with it. The 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 phrase millennial. When we say that, there's so many criticisms that come up, you know, that are directed at millennials, that it's almost like it, it's almost a dirty word. And no other generation really has that in it. Uh, and, and I don't mean it that way. Um, so we say Gen Z. Gen Z doesn't really have a a mood or a feel yet. They're still being developed. So uh, we're going to be kind of grouping these together. Uh, uh, and so there's even more of a broad generalization. So let me explain why and, and what I don't want you to take from it. I don't want you to, like, just as you hear that, go, I'm, I'm going to skip until maybe he's, you know, I'm out in t for the next couple of weeks because I think this is valuable. But I, I, I want to make sure that you don't hear me say something I'm not saying. Uh, I don't want to do this in a way that causes anxiety and angst uh, over these generalizations. And um, uh, I'm, I'm not doing this because I'm cynical and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy and these young generations, they don't know anything and I wish they could all be like Gen Xers, which I am, you know, and it's like, no, please. <laughs> there are so many ways that I wish you not to be like Gen Xers. Please don't be like, um, there's reason why I talk about the younger generations for, for this next couple of sessions. And, um, uh, and there's reasons why I'm grouping these younger two together. All right. This is uh, we're going to be talking about contradictions, and it's not because baby boomers and Gen Xers don't have contradictions. We do. Uh, 
I remember I love listening to some of the music I love listening to is is a lot of it is really from the seventies uh, in in six late sixties into the seventies, and uh, there's a song I've talked about it before probably I don't know if on this podcast or somewhere else but um, I, I've I've talked about the you know some of the songs of the the sixties the the some of the the re- rebellion songs and. Uh, there's two that are almost work opposite of each other. The Who had a, a song, and um, one of the, the, the their ideas was, you know, meet the old boss, same as the new boss, and or meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And it, it, the, the idea that that we become what we were, and we, there's all this love for rebellion, but and, and then revolution and everything. And he's like, that's fine and wonderful, but you know, just be be cautioned that, that there's a good chance you're going to come out the same way. Uh, and that is one of these contradictions um, baby boomers had. They, they, they you know, very much the the, the wall, the, the Pink Floyd's The Wall was a big, you know, education and bad education and all sorts of stuff right up until they were in charge of education. Now education, good. Don't, don't badmouth education. Don't badmouth educators because now we're in charge of the system. It, it, it's good to like it now. You know, we wanted you to, we, we were all into rebellion and everything in the 60s, but now that we're running the show, don't rebel. Please, we know what we're doing. We're always right. Trust us. They, they still don't want to give up power. Uh, that generation still doesn't give up. Think of your last election, and this has nothing to do with any party. Think of your last election. Look at your candidates. I mean, good grief. It was Elizabeth Warren, Donald Trump, Joseph Biden, and Bernie, who are almost either over or almost 80. All of them. I don't care who you were voting for. You're getting an octogenarian. Uh, they don't want to give up power. Okay, so 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 let's let's move off of them. Uh, we'll come back to why we're not going to talk about them. But let's acknowledge they have their own contradictions. Gen Xers, oh yes, we talked about the yuppies. Oh, the yuppies and entrepreneurials and and business success. And yet, when we look at my generation, uh, there is no more fiscally irresponsible generation than Gen Xers. They carry the biggest amount of debt. They have the smallest amount of savings per capita in, in, when when balanced against inflation uh, of any generation in modern history. So so for for them to sit there and say, oh, yeah, we were the success business and all that generation, uh, <laughs> prove it. Right? We were a living contradiction in that area. And, and these, there, we could point out more. So it's it's not that they don't have contradictions these two generations it's just kind of pointless to point it out at this point for one baby boomers uh are kind of moving out of of society right they're in nursing homes or in congress that's where they are uh, or the white house that, that that's where they live I, I i joke a little bit my mom's a baby boomer she's still at home but uh, they're they're not uh, they're not certainly not the movers and shakers. They're mostly on fixed incomes. They're in retirement of some sort, whether at home or in a home. It's it's kind of they're not changing at this point, right? We can point out whatever from the '60s that they're 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 not going to change. They are who they are, and and quite frankly, the same is true about Gen Xers. We we've kind of accepted who we are. We're good with it, you know, uh, and we just wait around every 10 or 15 years for, for some fashion trend of ours to come back in into play, and, 
And you know what? We're fashionable again for a couple of months. You know, oh hey, mom jeans came back. I guess your 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 mom is is fashionable again, right? She's gonna rock that sucker. Uh, your dad is gonna rock that gray haired mullet, and uh, until it comes back again or whatever. You know that that's just we've accepted who we are. We we are you know like. I'm a little bit younger, so I'm really trying to be a little responsible with my with my finances as a Gen Xer. But I realize that I'm not going to have a comfortable nest egg. I, I started too late, so uh, we just know who we're at. the The reason we're talking about the contradictions with the younger two generations, first of all, is because there's still hope for millennials. There's still hope for certainly for Gen Z, who are like. A lot younger there, and there some of them are in high school, and and ages differ. You know what what people think they are. I think it's going to end up retrospectively looking at like a shorter generation than 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 a lot of people put it at them as young as eleven. I don't think we're going to look at eleven year olds the same way we look at someone who's twenty six right now. You know, I think I think we're talking high school, college, and just barely post college right now is what we'd call Gen Z, and 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 they're still making up their minds what they're going to be. So it's hard for us to to nail down what they are. And so for that reason, a lot of what I observe of them, they are a concentrated version of millennials. Uh, and uh, they're big. I saw a, a post of some sort in a, I don't know, it was Instagram or something like that, and it was it was talking about what Gen Z people find irritating about millennials. And it was it was it was funny in that they're basically the same. Like what the, what annoys Gen Z about millennials is the angle from which they take their selfies at. Not selfies, right? They accept the selfie. Just like, you know, you millennials, you you take it way up here and we take it right here. Or which emojis they use. You know, n- not not the stupidity of emojis, just, you know, you the, some of the ones you like. And and which you know how far to the side they part their hair, that's the big. You, you guys part your hair way over on the side. That's that's just that's that's so awful. That's that's their big disagreements because they're basically the same generation. They're just like a distilled version of it. There's not that much difference. It's it's not like baby boomers to the World War II generation, where they're like we we di- we dislike everything you ever did, and uh, we're going to be as opposite as everything. They're not like that. Uh, so, so we're going to group them the same, and because uh, a lot of the trends are similar, just more, more so. Uh, until they maybe in the next five years go, you know what? Forget this noise. We're changing, <laughs> which is still possible. So for now, we're looking at them the same, and we're going to talk about their contradictions. And and it's not a massive amount, but we just want to talk about some of them. First of all, I want to talk about contradictions and where they come from. And uh, how how do contradictions work anyway? Uh, contradictions always start from a noble idea. That's what a contradiction is. We have this character, that philosophy, whatever it is, that we idealize, that, that we think would be a great thing. It's a noble thing. Uh, maybe not productive, but, but in a way we can, we can rationalize as a noble ideal, and then we just don't do it. That's the contradiction. It's never the other way around. No one, no one ever says, you know, what a contradiction. They they are so horrible of an idea. They have such a horrible idea, but they just turned out great. I mean, people don't, we don't really look at it that way. 
even if people have done that, we never look at it as a contradiction. We just kind of look at it as a pleasant surprise. Like we, we, the word contradiction kind of is in the same vein as hypocrite, you know, we would never say, well, that's a person that, um, they have really awful ideals and they're great people. What hypocrites, you know, (laughs) we would say, well, Hey, at least they got that going for them. Turned out better than I, I expected. We look at it as a, as a net positive. But when we talk about contradictions and hypocrisy, we're looking at things that start out good with a, with an idea or philosophy that's good, and just there's no follow-through. Something keeps us from following through. Uh, there's some barrier, some obstacle, something like that. And, and so we want to look at how this works, Right. We love the idea and concept, but but it's just going to take a lot to get there, right? It requires too much of these. So so Gen X, for example, let's go back to our contradiction. We'll, we'll, we'll at least mention us a little bit. We liked the idea of success, but we just liked spending gratuitous amounts of money way more, right? That was... That was the barrier that kept us from this wonderful ideal of of saving money and having nest eggs and 401ks and blah, blah, blah. We just wanted to spend money on a bunch of crap. Uh, and, and so we, we rang up the credit cards and did everything else. Boomers loved the idea of free speech. They, they, they were all about the free speech. Right up until it meant that people would have the right to disagree with them. And then they didn't like it so much. Um, great idea but the follow-through just was never there. This idea is found in the Bible. It's found in a different concept or context, I should say. In, um, in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, and Jesus is quoting here, he's quoting an older idea from 700 years earlier, actually. Uh, he's quoting a guy by the name of Isaiah. And he says, this people honors me with their lips. Now, Isaiah is not talking about himself. He, Isaiah is talking about people honoring God, and, and that's the, the context in which Jesus is quoting it. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We have, we're willing to say these noble ideas. We just don't have our heart in them. It's just too expensive to do. It's too, it costs too much from me emotionally, which is what I mean by expensive. It, it, it's, it's too much of an investment. I'd rather do this. You know, uh, if you told me, uh, well, I want, I want to talk about one particular one particular one right now and we say this a lot about millennials and gen z and and this uh, again and i'll illustrate how these they're very similar generations one's just more concentrated they are very aware of and um about mental health right that's a that's a statement and it's a true statement um now this is the difference between the two. Millennials are open to talking about it, and Gen Z is more open to self-report. Right? Similar. Now, if you told me that, and I didn't know anything about generations, I mean, it's just I woke up out of a coma for the last 80 years, you know, and I come to, and you just told me that. Oh, so let me get you the lay of the land. These are the people. And I would expect that whoever these millennial people are, I don't know who they are yet. I'm, you know, I'm just in the hospital room and I'm going to walk outside and I'm going to meet people 
millennials, let's see, so they're going to be in their 30s, tw late, late 20s, up to the 40s, okay. Then I'm going to meet people, they're, they're in high school and college and, and just beginning their professional life. I'm going to meet these two groups of people, and they are very aware of mental health concerns and emotional health, and 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 they even the younger ones are reporting their own problems, and I'm going to expect to have and, and meet people who are just on top of it, just on top of it, and they're going to be so emotionally healthy. That's what I would expect, and the absolute opposite is true. It's a contradiction. Uh, last week, or just prior to last week, was the anniversary of one of the most significant events in American history. That was the Columbine shooting on uh, that took place April 20th, 1999, I believe. Um, and this was a turning point in, in our, our country, This the Columbine massacre. It was, now at the time, it was the deadliest shooting of the time. I, th I think it was 13 people that were killed. It's now the fifth largest shooting. Um, and, and the the reason I say it's it's one of it's one of the turning points of our country and so significant is, is every one of these that ha happen they they kind of in they they leave behind these manifestos they're they're styled after Columbine they reference Columbine Columbine is like this turning point there were people killed in schools before then but but this was it was a different thing they were millennials that did this. I'm not saying all millennials are murderers. I'm just saying we now see this is the fifth one, the the fifth largest one, right? So so it's been all millennials or Gen Z that have done this. This type of level of uh, uh of mental health problems, whatever the cause was, and when we talk about causes, people have attributed all sorts of things to it. Um. We, from video games to guns to, like, they said, oh, they listened to Marilyn Manson, which they didn't listen to Marilyn Manson. Oh, they were bullied. They weren't bullied. There were all sorts of things that people said. They were popular athletes. You know, like, who were, what caused this? Uh, and, and, and so, so well, it was guns that caused, and there's all these ideas across the board. We'll get to that. Uh, what we notice has that this is first a trend and 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 all those other excuses and and explanations can be scientifically eliminated one by one we can eliminate the music we can eliminate whether it was the guns or not we can eliminate whether it was the video games or not we can eliminate a lot of those categories and things that blame this goes on and on, and it's because it's not just guns. I mean, we had an event in our city of Waukesha. A lot of people saw it. We got national attention a little bit over a year ago, uh, where someone used a car to to ended up injuring like over sixty people, killing I think six people or five or six people, and uh, five, it was it was six people, uh, five older uh, people, and, and and one kid. And and, and I, I know some of the people that were injured. I've met them. We've done we've done um, healing hearts that I'm a part of has has worked with some of them, uh, and I I know people in our own congregation that that kind of saw things. It just it was horrific. No gun. Uh, this is not a, a podcast about guns. I want to get to root causes of things, uh, and, and so we have this conundrum. First of all, everyone can sense when there's a problem. Gen Xers can sense when there's a problem. 
we were aware of problems, whether we called it mental health or called it something else. We all knew something wasn't right. It, it's a part of our biological, physiological makeup that we know when something's not right. Now, maybe in our case, we were more likely to try to treat it a different way. Uh, we might have used substances or we might have used um, escaping or whatever we did. We drank it away, we partied it away, we pleasured it away, whatever. Or maybe, so, so there's this, this depression. But we were aware. But an increasingly agnostic and atheistic society has done two really damaging things. It's, it's played both sides of the problem. First of all, it's a part of the root cause. Um, denying our origin... I was designed for a relationship with God. When I deny that, I, I, I cut off what is my most central feature in terms of my identity and purpose. That, that I was designed for a relationship with God. And, and when I don't have that to fulfill, I, I'm looking for other ways, and that gets into what we call busyness. So I don't have an authentic identity. I'm looking for other ways. And and sometimes sometimes there are almost things of meaning that I can find, like some types of philanthropy or some ways. But typically it's going to be either surface or completely counterfeit. Right? The usual suspects, wealth, pleasure, and, and achievement. And this is the exact list, only more detailed if we wanted to get into it, that Solomon, a king, you know, Three thousand. Who he lived three thousand years ago. He he writes about his goals and plans for life, and and what he was pursuing to find achievement and fulfillment and all these things. And it's the same list. It's it was women, music, entertainment, money, success. He talks about all his building projects, things like this, and. At the end, he says it was really like trying to grab wind. Now, I want you to think about that statement because because sometimes we breeze over that statement. No pun intended. That just kind of that wasn't even in my notes. We 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 just go right over that statement and we don't even think of of that. But but when we say it's grasping at wind, what we're talking about is that people don't have anything of substance in their hands, and when we do that, we lose a center of gravity, right? Life becomes meaningless, and when you do that, we get into despair. When people despair and there's uncertainty, it is always destructive in some sort of way. Sometimes it's only self-destructive. Sometimes it is only alcohol or eating disorders or sleep disorders, substances of some kind. Um, that's self-destruction. Sometimes it's even less dangerous than that. Sometimes it's just uh, manifests as like escapism, like like oh, an excessive amount of reading or video games or something to dis like distraction. Um, and and so it'll cycle because these are also things that people are looking to find fulfillment, and and, it, and it, it's cycling, and we're 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 not doing much. Um, and and so that's less dangerous. It's meaningless, but. I can still function in society. I can I can have a job, go home, read, you know, watch movies and and absorb myself into that until I die. And, and I won't necessarily do anything majorly destructive. 
but it's still unhealthy. Then there's the other thing. There's a small group of people, and it is a small group of people, that are so despondent, so in despair. They're not happy simply doing this by themselves. They're going to take other people with them. And that's where things like Columbine happen, right? It doesn't. It doesn't mean that these people were abused. We always we always look for some major trauma when we see things like this, and we're looking for was the person abused? Were they bullied? Were they whatever? And 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 that's why Columbine confuses us. It's the first one of these, and there were none of those things that we would expect. Now sometimes there are. You know the Menendez brothers or whatever that that. that and there's even questions what were they actually abused or was there something else going on? We, we don't know. Uh, but something was not copacetic at home to, 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 to murder your parents. Well, uh, so, so we're looking at, you know, we're looking for all these really drastic things, and sometimes it's just that people don't have a genuine identity. Because why? Because society has told them that, that we are cosmic mistakes. And, and so this depression sets in. So so, so agnosticism and, and atheism is a part of the root cause. right? And, and fortunately, Solomon came to this. He's like, I've tried everything, and, and I, I've come to the end of it. And, and what I realize is, is that you, know, you need to search for God. That's what you need to do, and that's how you find fulfillment in life. That's that's really the the whole purpose of man. That that that's our our main identity, our main characteristic that we need to address. So there's the root cause. Now we, as I said, atheism plays both sides of the street because now it's not just the root cause, but it's now the barrier to getting well, because it's not going to allow people all of a sudden. That's the problem. Well, they don't allow for God, so they're not going to say, you know what you need? You need God, and this will help you get better. So so they're going to try to throw all sorts of other answers at the problem that have actually created the problem in the first place, right? The answer is not psychotherapy. It's a spiritual problem. So atheism isn't going to allow that discussion because that would undermine everything that's led up to that discussion in the first place. Right? No counselor is going to go, you know what, you need church. No psychotherapist is going to say, you need to be active in a church youth group. You need to surround yourself with, with Christian friends. You need to start thinking of your spiritual long-term future. They're not going to say that. So, so, so they've cut themselves off from the actual answer. They've caused the problem, and they're preventing the cure. And these are the only things that are going to do genuine help. The best that you can do without these is hope to do some of these counterfeit things that give them kind of a sense of purpose in life and get squeezed through semi-meaningfully. Here, give to this charity. Get involved in that thing. Do this thing. Maybe help someone out. Like, like that. Do some altruistic thing. That's the best that you can do. If, if you don't believe in God. And there's no reason for it. If there's no God, why should I help these people? Um, so we're looking for motives, but, but when you're looking for motives and, and you see people that, that have these problems around you, uh, because we do, we, we talk with people and we, you, you can hear people's almost panic, 
in some cases. You can hear people's desperation for things if and, and see it if we're looking for it. In Columbine, there was nothing dramatic. There was just this idea of a lack of resp- of 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 worth, a lack of identity, and people just kind of floating, and you don't know which people have the really dangerous stuff in them. And so, so if we want to improve a generation that's where there's still a chance, a Gen Z or millennials. It begins with providing people with spiritual goals and and trying to and 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 maybe you're a person that's like, "You know what? I don't really have that. You might not be a person that's going to go and blow people up. That's good, but you can begin giving yourself a genuine purpose that addresses your most core self, which is your spiritual self, and that starts today, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, our our society is at an all-time low for, for church attendance. And, and, and walking into a building is not going to, to make things better. There have been people who've done that and walked out and, and, and done awful things. But being a part of the people in that building, that's that's going to make a difference. And and adopting those things that, that lead to a relationship with God, that's the thing that's going to make the difference and give you an actual meaningful, eternal identity. Uh, And so I encourage you to start that and pursue that this week. I'll see you next week.